It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Things. There's my new dog. Oh, there he is. There's Elliot on the outside looking in. Yep. Five months, you said. Six. It's a big Wait, dog. I think I think we're actually live. We're we're looking at your dog through the glass right now. <laughs> because as we've established uh, in the past ten months, being able to see people's dogs in their houses really the best part of sheltering in place. Yes, it is. It is. I mean, that's like the whole thing where you go. You have the shared human experience of. Having a pet is so, you know, calming and so amazing. And they're just so funny and they just know how to play upon your emotional needs at the time. You know, it's, it's, it's cool having the dog. Um, so you are, you're Dar- Dr. Daryl Wilson. This is Carcon Carne. Daryl Wilson is a, a returning guest to Carcon Carne. He is a favorite. Uh, he's been on several shows, specifically episodes 132, 153, 250, 403, and 478. Jeez, I didn't know I had that many. Holy crap. Holy I'm crap. not, I haven't caught Josh or Dennis. I mean, that's the thing. You're, you're getting up there. Uh, 478 is kind of a cheat because you piggybacked on the Peg Boy interview. I did. <laughs> I thought I carried that interview. Is what I did. <laughs> you did. You did. Uh, so Dr. Daryl Wilson, I, I've had you on all these other times. And more or less, we always talk about your punk rock lineage uh, your your time in bull weevils and in and around the punk rock community uh, i wanted to spend a lot of tonight talking about your role as ems medical director at edward hospital sure. specifically in the past 10 months life under the pandemic your experiences what you've seen your opinions your thoughts before we get there i want to talk about something completely innocuous and far less important than uh, the work you do on behalf of all of us the, the 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 medicine side of your world i want to talk about the chicago readers best of chicago 2020 poll this is oh, happening yeah. right now i've said it before dr daryl wilson i'll say it again i feel weird asking for people to vote these contests are, are kind of squirrely because they really exist to get people to go online and jack up page views because in turn that the the newspaper magazine entity hosting these things is able to turn around those page views make a lot of money it really it's to benefit the Chicago reader. I love the Chicago reader, but I feel weird kind of feeding into that beast. But yeah, but I mean, th- there's a couple things. I mean, there's definitely, you know, a, a bunch of categories on there that you want to vote for. I mean, you want to vote for your favorite dive bar, Liars Club. Liars Club. Um, you want to vote for, you know, your favorite podcast, Carcon Carne. You want to vote well, for. No, hang on. I'm not, I'm not up for favorite podcast. Right, I'm up right. for best podcast host. Host. And. And best music podcast. Yes. So Carcon Carney should get those votes, by the way. Thank you. Which Thank you, I voted. Wilson. I mean, I voted. I voted. And, and then th- that sh- there's a show because not many shows happened this past year. I mean, considering that it's been, you know, curtailed because of our need to uh, distance from each other physically, um, not socially. We can still socialize in some sense. And we found a way to do that with drive in shows. And that Pegboy Drive-In show was on there, and that should also be voted for because, I mean, that was a a, a stacked lineup with Pegboy, with Local H, with you know Jake, Jake Burns. Burns, and then of course, the Bow Weevils were on the there freaking Bow Weevils. So I know, so that that's a stacked lineup. So yeah, the best uh, Drive-In concerts, uh, Pegboy is nominated, 
as is local H. I think does local H if this peg boy show wins, they, they kind of get two awards. They get yeah. they, they they win. They win either way. Local H always wins. Local H always wins. I love local <laughs> H. Uh, I do want to mention some of the uh, other nominees, uh, specifically previous guests of Carcon Carney who are nominated. I, I, it's hard to mention everyone I know who's nominated, but I figure I, I want to call out people who've spent time on this podcast and uh, show them some respect. Paul Faravar up yeah. for best stand-up comic. Drive-in movie programming, Chicago Drive-in. Yes. The day that guys, yep. The day that was announced, Louis jumped on Carcon Carney and, and talked about it, and he was the first one in the pool and the work that Chicago Drive-In's done has been exemplary. Yes, amazing. Uh, my friends at Challengers Comics and Conversation, best comic shop nominee. I, I go way back with them. Love the work they do. Uh, Jill Hopkins. Here's a, Imagine winning this award, the best Chicagoan to follow on Twitter. Right. That would be, that'd be a high honor. <laughs> also, she's up for best radio DJ. She is fantastic. Uh, my old friend, my my sensei, Charlie Meyerson, up for Chicago Public Square, best blog and best email newsletter. He does fantastic work. Uh, tremendous journalist. I've had a couple of animal rescue organizations on the show over the past year. Three are nominated, Harmony House, Paws, and One Tale at a Time. I've had a bunch of spirits on during the pandemic because, well, it was a freaking <laughs> pandemic. Uh, right. Jepson's Malort is nominated. Koval Bourbon, Koval Oat Whiskey, and Few, Few. American Gin. You, you like Few? Yeah, you know, but a gin is a, a great drink, by the way. If you're drinking, I, I think so. A lot, my bandmates and I, we all like gin. So there you go. Except for Mittler, I don't think he likes gin. He likes whiskey, but I mean, well, the, the three of us will drink gin. So, chef and up and coming chef Haley Raff. I had her on maybe two months ago. She's fantastic. She uh, just kind of took the cue from the pandemic to start up her own business. She's doing great. I, I root for her. Um, Best Butcher Shop, happy to meet you. A former sponsor of Carcon Carney, up for Best Butcher Shop. Uh, best Label, Bloodshot. Uh, Scary Lady Sarah, up for Best DJ. She's fantastic. Um, I am nominated, or Carcon Carney is nominated for Best Music Podcast. So is Sound Opinions. Love them. Really, one of the first radio jobs right. I ever had was producing their radio show. They're up for Best Music Podcast. Uh, I've had a couple bluesmen as guests in the past. Two are nominated that I've had on before. Little Ed and the Blues Imperials and Toronzo Cannon. Uh, best new band rookie was on last year. They're nominated. They're fucking great. Uh, best pop artist, Emily blue. Uh, she was on Jay Ryan. I love this dude's gig posters. Hey, do you know his stuff? Yeah. Oh my God. So good. He's nominated, uh, best live stream concert series hideouts nominated hideouts for that. Nominated. Yep. Uh, best punk band. This, <laughs> there are some tremendous nominees in here. Uh, sincere engineer. One uh, great, great fucking band. Deanna. Great. Ganser's nominated. They're you know, more post-punk. They're fantastic. There's, there's, uh, man's missing from that. I mean, come on, Bowievals aren't on there. Let's, let's, let's fucking get this right. Well, th there was no new music last year. That's right. You're, you're correct. Let's. Oops. You're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> uh, Rise Against also nominated. Right. For best punk band, who you can hear interviewed, or you can hear Joe Principi interviewed by Daryl Wilson. Ding. <laughs> uh, best drive-in series our friends at chicago drive-in uh, just so many great categories so many great people i just wanted to call out a few that have appeared on carcon carney because i'm grateful for every guest that comes on the show uh it, it really does mean a lot so that's a great show though i mean you do a great job i mean hosting this and and you know you're you're a great interviewer to bring things out of people and get Thanks. them to talk i mean i it, it, it's i mean i mean you're my friend and all it's just 
makes it easy to have a conversation. But when you've had people on and I've seen you working to get that whole, <laughs> you know, you can see that emotion. Yeah. Yes, you can. And it's and it's amazing to watch you work and do that. I'm telling you, James, I, I, I find it to be fascinating. I'm like I'm at my house laughing. Sometimes going, that's awesome. The way he's told I can see I can see how you're working that. And you you never showed in your face that you're working. It's like it's just like you're without effort. You're like, OK, and then you go to the next thing. Go to the next thing, and then afterwards, I, I know you're like, man, <laughs> I, was, I was lifting weights there to do that one. What the hell? But you do it, man. You really Some do. interviews are like that for sure. <laughs> oh, also, handsome naked up for best hip hop group. They're kind of a comedy hip hop group, uh, but they're really funny. They the only guest I've had so far that brought puppets into the interview. So <laughs> I didn't think about doing that. What the heck? Uh, they brought puppet effigies of themselves, like puppet likenesses. Wow. That, that's high level, high concept stuff they're doing. That, that is, wow. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. That's up in games right there. I mean, boy. So it's funny, Dr. Daryl Wilson, it, because of the year we've had, I, I really haven't had a chance to see you or hang out with you, except for that Peg Boy show we mentioned. I saw you right. from a safe social distance uh, at Chicago Drive-In. Masks on and everything. It was very good. Thank you Mass for wearing a mask. Yes. The, here's, the, here's the trip of this whole thing. I took my son who's very much getting into punk and metal too. And old school, like Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash country, very yeah. diverse taste. Um, I took him to see the show. He loved bull wheels. Absolutely loved you guys. Thanks. That was awesome. Thank uh, you. That, appreciate so it, I, I love to be able to kind of share you with the next generation. It, it was really <laughs> cool, but here's the funny thing. I, t- he, one of his new hobbies is collecting records. I don't know where he gets this shit from, but he's oh, well, um, hello. I'm here to get it from <laughs> DNA passed yeah. on. So one of our uh, hobbies leading up to him going to college this semester was every weekend we'd go record shopping. And one of our record shopping trips took us up 88 and <laughs> <laughs> we're going past. I, I don't even I don't know what street it was, but. All of a sudden, I see your face on a billboard. Highland I Avenue. Almost, that's what it was. That's what it was. Highland Avenue. Yes, sir. I almost drove off the road. I'm like, that's him. That's Doc, that's Daryl Wilson. That's the Bo Weevils dude. He's like, no way. What's he doing up there? I'm like, He's a doctor. I'm, I'm looming over and louding over you. I'm just watching you, and I'm, I'm delving into your soul with my eyes. I'm just deeply figuring out what you're up to. That's all I'm doing. So you're on this billboard representing Edward Hospital. Was that weird? Yes. Having your um, face go up like that? I mean, you know, not not really, but kind of. It's it's kind of surreal because I didn't know when it was going to go up. I knew I was there when they were doing the commercial for you know the campaign that they have for um, it's personal, and um, they were t- doing still shots, and you know they took a bunch of still shots, and um, then they said, "Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to put it up on billboards," um, and they'd sent a mock up of it. I'm like, "That's cool." I didn't know exactly when it was going to happen. So I kind of found out when somebody had texted me and said, dude, I just saw your face up on a billboard. I'm like, really? Where is it? And they told me mile marker 134, um, you know, 88. I'm like, well, that's pretty exact. So I, I know exactly where it is. And um, then I started getting a whole bunch of texts of people saying, dude, did you see this? And of course, it's all on social media. Hey, man, look what I saw today. Oh, my God, I almost crashed. I almost drove off the road. Dude, I can't see. I can't believe your head's up there. Your head's so big, dude. What the hell? And so um, I told the kids, you know, I told the kids and my wife, I said, hey, we're going to go see the billboard. The billboard's up. And of course, 
my kids were like, I don't want to go. I don't want to get out. And I'm like, I'm like, no, we're going to just do this little excursion. We're going to go out and figure it. So we all got in the car and we drove out and, and drove out past it and then came driving back, you know, West on 88. And my kids were completely just going, no, I don't want that. And then I was like, Hey, there it is. They look over and they're like, Oh my God. Dad, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. So if they're driving back from the city, you know, um, cause my wife will sometimes take them to the lakefront to go just, you know, commune with nature, sure. um, to kind of keep them calm in some sense. And um, they'll see it. And they were driving back one day and there's some woman in a car next to them. They're knocking on the window going, that's my dad up there. Look up there. That's my dad. <laughs> that's amazing. So it, it's kind of cool. That's, that's been fun. Um, but it is, it, you know, kind of surreal in its own way to have, you know, up on a billboard. And I, I was at my dentist's office, you know, getting my teeth cleaned. And um, the dentist goes, hey, I just saw your face on the billboard. I'm like, yeah, we the one on 88. No, it's on Ogden Avenue. I'm like, what? There's no other billboard. So, yes, there's one on Ogden Avenue, too, going <laughs> east on Ogden Avenue, like near 355 Exchange. There's one there, too. I'm like, great. There's another billboard. So same same picture, same me. Let me let me try if I can see if I can do it. Let me see. Wait, I had my glasses were off, too, I think. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see it now. Is that me? The pensive yeah. look? Like, look pensive, yet you know, inviting at the same time. I don't know how you do that. You know, pensive, inviting and warmly um, academic. <laughs> I didn't have any like patches on my, you know, coat. It was, I was wearing a bow weevils hoodie too, of all things. So of course wear my own merch really good. So punk rock of me. Right. <laughs> I, I love your merch, by the way. I, this is one of the new newer models. Yes. The, that the I'm badge. wearing right now. The NASA badge, almost the badge. <laughs> it's like, you know, the city, the modern city, the city of tomorrow, Chicago. Stylish in every situation for every occasion, a bowl with yes, this t-shirt. You could, we can wear that to any formal event that you'd like to, um, especially online formal events, since, you know, they can't really tell you not to wear what you want to wear. Um, you could wear that without pants, sans pants, with pants, whatever you want to do. It all works. So last March, literally the, the weekend, everyone came face to face with the reality that, Oh, this shit's real. We're staying put for a while. <laughs> that weekend I had you, I had Dennis Buckley from 88 fingers. Louie I had Josh caterer from smoking popes all on uh, an interview with me for car con carne. Yeah. And I remember asking, I, I haven't listened back to it. I don't listen back to any of my stuff, but I remember listening or I remember at the time saying, well, Daryl, how serious is this? How, <laughs> how, how bad is this going to get? It feels bad, but how bad is it? And you were you were up front. And I remember you were the first person I heard say something along the lines of you need to take this seriously. You need to respect you know, hand washing, social distancing, et cetera, because you don't want the hospitals to stack up and have people like me make the decisions about who lives and who dies. Right. I, 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 this is paraphrasing what I'm piecing together from memory. But that that was one of my big takeaways from that call. Right. I mean, the, the biggest thing that we were really concerned about it. It was trying to, of course, flatten the curve. And, and what that meant at the time is to, you know, stretch out the presentations of illness that would come to the hospital, not have this big spike of individuals come in and overwhelm the healthcare system. And, you know, we did a pretty good job in the beginning of doing that, you know, to be quite honest. But of course, the sad state of humanity is that we become completely bored with anything and we don't have the attention span because we're all now settled with some form of ADHD where we can't make a, you know, stay on task. Um, we, we, we can't stay on target, you know, like we should. And um, it, it soon becomes tedious in some way. We get this fatigue that 
um, leads us down a pathway of, um, you know, uh, of self-destruction. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so um, ridiculous. And, and you, you think that we, we have this ideal that we view ourselves as, as this, you know, we, we're so resilient, we're so able to withstand all kinds of things, but, you know, we're kind of soft as a society, we're really soft. Um, and we, we don't have the resilience. You look back on some of the, the campaigns of uh, vaccinating people versus polio back in the day. And look at the way people just took it upon themselves as citizens to line up and almost make it into an event to go on Sundays and go to the schools and line up and then get their polio vaccines. Now, granted, it was easier to get the soft vaccine and just drink this thing down. But, um, you know, people realized that there was a scourge that was, you know, attacking individuals. And the reason why we, I'm not seeing patients in the hospital who I need to put on an iron lung, um, who have, you know, a, a disease of paralysis of polio is because people got vaccinated versus disease. They realized they had to stand up and stop something in its tracks. And the, the ability to do that was to get herd immunity to things. And we did that. Um, smallpox, all kinds of things that people stood up for and said, we can do this. Measles vaccinations, all these things that we do that, that people suddenly became jaded about um, and politicized and, and did things that, that weren't, you know, conducive towards a society functioning together. I mean, we, we took public health and made it into a public discourse on, do you believe in something or not? And what's your political affiliation? It, it, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's your health. And that's not a political, you know, uh, uh, toy. It's not something to be politicized. Um, so, regardless of your belief system, you are prone to being a host for these, you know, pieces of genetic material that want to infect you and then propagate and spread to another host, which is a human being as well. And if we stood together as human beings and said, hey, let's stop it in its tracks, it doesn't allow this genetic material to then mutate into more genetic material to then become even easier to transmit or have a change in virulence or something like that. So we're, we've come to a, a, a place that I, I, you know, in your mind, you think we're, we're better than this. We're, we're smarter than this as, as beings. We, we've gone to the moon for Christ's sake. Um, and, and we can't on our own planet stop this tiny little bit of genetic material from propagating because we, can't spend enough time away from each other. We can't take the time to respect people by wearing a mask. Um, so I don't spread the disease to you. I, I can't take the time to maybe not go to a bar for a month and then go later on once the disease is controlled. It's like, I can't control myself that much. Is that how we are as human beings? We're uncontrollable urges. We're just all, you know, id. <laughs> it's like, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, going back to the beginnings of this whole thing, um, people did take it seriously, uh, more so. Um, but once again, our resolve got weak, or people's resolve got weak. And it, it, it made it harder at one point. You know, it, at one point in the months when we were early on into this, there was some time that, that it was, it felt overwhelming in, in the hospital. Oh, yeah. um, it, it, it was, it was, you know, really wild and, and crazy. It was wild, wild west stuff. And um, we were, were running and gunning like it, it was 
we thought things were going to collapse. Um, luckily, things did not. Um, we weren't at a point where we had to make those, you know, decisions about, you know, if somebody had to be bypassed or you didn't have to, uh, you know, uh, you, you couldn't give resources to individuals because we didn't run imagine. out of them. I can't but, imagine. But, but that's the fear you have is that suddenly it's not just you're overwhelmed with COVID patients, but we still have to take care of the patients who have heart attacks, the patients who have, you know, other respiratory diseases, patients who are traumatic events, you know, we have to take care of those patients as well. And if there's no capacity to do that, everybody suffers. So um, we didn't reach that point and that that's good. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not to our, you know, it's not because people didn't try, <laughs> you know, it's not that people didn't try, um, but we were able to weather the storm. Um, but you, you hope that there's, there's learning that comes out of this. I mean, advantages that have come out of this, to be quite honest, because people have been, you know, masking and, you know, the schools haven't been in um, because there's been, you know, such social distancing and, and physical distancing. I mean, flu, we're not seeing that, you know, think sure. about that. If you added, you know, influenza on top of this, oh my God, we, we'd have been just, just thinking about how impl the, the flu season usually is for us when we're, we're running ragged add that in. And then it's like, oh my God, we're, we're, we're toast. And, you know, the good thing is that because of the, the, the lack of individuals being in school, specifically kids being in school, mm -hmm. um, you know, the people social distancing and washing hands and wearing masks, we're not seeing a, a viral load of other illnesses around at this point, yeah. you know, that that's really good. That's the advantage. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the flu every year. I, I get my flu shot every year, but I always get some form of the flu. It never fails. But you know what, but know what happens? You don't go to the ICU and you don't die. Exactly. But my point is I haven't been sick at all this year because I'm not interacting with anybody. Right, 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 right. But, but I'm, I'm saying the advantage of, you know, getting the vaccine is that, you know, just, you know, mortality from flu is like, you know, 0.2%, but you don't see people, you know, dying because when you have some immunity to the disease process, even if we pick wrong for the vaccine, you, you get some immunity. So you don't yeah. die. You don't get extremely sick. So that's the good stuff. Um, it, it's, it, it's really distressing to, to have, um, you know, individuals who don't, who still don't believe that we should be, um, you know, taking precautions to protect our society. And how do, you, um, how do you even address that? I, this has been the most infuriating thing to confront over the past year. It's been upsetting. It's been, it, it, it's, it's, it's unsafe, unwise train of thought. And I don't, I don't know how to, what else can be said? I mean, what I mean, information needs to be put out there? Philosophically, it's like, you know, I guess Armafate, you know, you love your fate and you just have to say everything's cool no matter what, because you can't control other people. I can only control my response to things, right? I mean, that, that's the reality. If I tried to control everybody else, I'd have to have, you know, Xavier's powers and basically say to me, my X-Men, and then is. have everybody doing my stuff, you know, <laughs> that's, you know, it was coming at some point. There it is. But, but I mean, it's, it's, it's the reality is that you, you can only control yourself and you have to be an example. Um, and realize that in, in the world every day, you're going to run into some people that are, are, are definitely anti, um, you know, moving in a direction that's forward and, and that you shouldn't be surprised when you run into them. Um, but you have to continue to be the example that is, is showing the, the right path. 
um, the light to go down. Um, everybody's going to believe that their path is as correct as it can be. But the reality is we as human beings are vectors for this disease. And until we can actually control our behaviors to, um, you know, curtail the spread, it's going to continue to do that. And we'll reach herd immunity and, and uh, you know, hopefully people are going to get vaccinated. And that's the way we're going to do that in a rapid and safe fashion. Um, but, you know, it's, it's like the way people want to run it is those that don't want to get vaccinated take the risk of getting the disease. And, you know, we take a one in 200 chance of dying. You know, those are some odds that you don't want to play. It's probably those odds are, are much better than winning the billion dollars tonight. Right. <laughs> it's like, yes. you know, so I mean, I, I bought my lottery ticket. I'm probably not going to win that. But I also protected myself against, you know, getting severe COVID by getting vaccinated because I know I have a better chance of getting that and, you know, and succumbing to it. So I, I don't want to win that lottery. I, I, I want the billions. I want the billion dollars, but I, I don't want the one in 200 chance of, you know, dying from COVID. So hey, you kind of addressed this already, but it seems like our biggest challenge between now and when we reach that herd immunity peak is complacency, is just the fatigue of the, this 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 staying at home world. People just get too restless. You said ADHD. I, I feel like that's the, the biggest challenge right now until everyone gets a needle in their arm. Right. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Until you have, you know, people getting vaccinated I and mean, you can have vaccines all you want, but if people aren't getting vaccinated, it doesn't do anything to help to return immunity. Right. So um, one thing we have to work on is of course the logistics of getting more people vaccinated. Right. Um, you know, there's a multitude of factors that lead to, you know, the rollout being somewhat, you know, it, it, we're doing pretty well here in Illinois compared to other places, but even then we could probably be doing better. Um, well, and, I just saw it today. I think Kroger, Mariano's, mm -hmm. uh, the drugstores, like they're all signed on to help distribute the vaccine. Right. So, so, right. And so once you get, you know, vaccines there, you got to have people that can administer it. You got to have a way of tracking it, you know, all these things that go into it. And, and right now, you know, we, we had, you know, the two vaccines that are out there, the Pfizer and the Moderna. And, and a part of the logistics on that was, you know, the storage of these things was right. difficult. So, so that made it somewhat, you know, time sensitive and how you organize that and how you make that work. Um, but I mean, as more vaccines roll out, I mean, looking at how the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, you know, the, you know, modified adenovirus that, um, you know, that is going to be a game changer from the standpoint of, you know, one shot and, you know, the ability to store it. Um, that's going to be a way that mass vaccination is going to occur in, in a truly mass vaccinating way. Um, so, you know, and, and, and until that time, you know, we still have to work with what we have and get, you know, shots into arms, working on the 1B people, you know, working on, you know, the police officers and teachers and, you know, 65 year and older patients. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, as, you know, we get more and more vaccines available, you know, the opportunity to, uh, mass vaccinate and have herd immunity reached in a rapid succession is 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 key. Is people going out and getting, e you know, easy access to getting vaccines? That's the thing. I mean, you you can't make this some kind of you know uh, hurdle to jump over to to get vaccinated. It, it, for for people, it has to be ease of use. I mean, we've become a society that everything has to be ease of use, um, and to to make sure that it's done, you know, in a way that's safe and effective as well as easy to have the regular lay person go in and get vaccinated. 
um, you know, th that's, that's the thing that's going to game change everything to make sure that you have a one shot ease of use, um, easy access. Um, and, and, and to, to point out that you had this rollout without a, a, a national template on how to do it. Yes, the United States is a, you know, mosaic and it's got all kinds of different geographic areas and different economic areas. And everything is, is, you know, kind of a mosaic of things. And you, 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 you have to at least have a national template to say, this is what you have to do as a minimum to yeah. get this done. You can't just say, we got vaccines, here you go, figure it out. It's like, okay, we'll figure it out, but it, it, it puts you behind the eight ball in some sense. Um, if you have a national template that says, everybody do this minimum, and if you can do more in your area, do more. If you, you have to meet this minimum though, have to meet this minimum. This is what everybody has to meet to get this. And if you can do more, go ahead and do more, but at least reach this minimum and give that template to everybody. So that everybody knows at least what to start with. And then they can also tailor it towards their geographic area to, to, to their patient populations. That's the way things you think would work in a, in a fashion that would be smoother instead of like, here's a, you know, like kickball, you got to run to get the ball as fast as you can. And then you have no plan. There's no team plan. It's like, just throw the ball and get, you know, hit Susie in the face and knock her out of the game. You know, she, she's their arm, get her out of the game. Sure. <laughs> So well, how did it feel? You were one of the first to get a vaccine. Locally. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, tell me emotionally what was going through your head. You know, I, I, <laughs> I actually wanted, I started playing like the theme song from the Mandalorian when I was walking in to kind of have my, get myself all hyped. But um, the, it was like an emotional, a weight being lifted off your shoulders. It okay. really was um, because it made you feel that you were, you were, swimming towards the surface of water to take a breath. I mean, you can, you can see the surface of the water. You know you can't take a breath because you'll drown, but you can see the surface of the water. You've been underwater all this time. You think you're gonna drown and you're making headway towards the surface and you can now start to see the light from the sun shimmering on the water on the surface and you know it's there. And that's what it kind of felt like, that you were getting closer, the pressure coming off of you. Um, and, you know, I mean, the vaccine itself, you know, it was my arm it felt a little sore and that was it for the first one. And the second one, my arm was more sore the second time, but nothing that was, you know, uh, you know, detrimental to my functioning of the day. And I had some chills, but nothing beyond that. You know, it, it was it, it was sounds like the flu great. shot. I mean, that, that's what I have, have experienced when I get the flu shot. My arm yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I know maybe, maybe I didn't manifest an immune response. Maybe I'm not immune. So maybe that's, that is, no, no. It, I mean, it, it was, it was a weight coming off the shoulders. It truly oh, sure. was feeling that we are coming out of a dark tunnel. We're still in it, but you can see the light. And um, it, it, it made me feel, you know, that I was doing something to protect, you know, not only myself, but to protect the people I take care of um, in the hospital, to protect my family, um, you know, uh, to protect my friends, to try and help businesses open up again. It, it's doing your part. It, it felt like a duty that we should do as citizens. That, that's our duty to make sure that we protect citizens of not just the United States, but citizens of the world. We're humans on this planet and the, the virus is everywhere. So we're doing our best to protect 
everyone here, we don't, we have no other place to go right now. So, so like do your best to, to protect the people around you. And, and that's my goal. That's my, that's my profession. I have to take care of people. Right. So I got to take care of myself to do that. I can't take care of people if I'm sick. I can't put you at risk of getting sick. So when I take care of fragile patients, I, if they aren't protected, I got to at least protect myself. So I couldn't do that. I mean, yeah, granted, I wouldn't be at work if I was sick. Right. That's the thing. And, you know, but the key thing is making sure that I'm protecting society so that it doesn't go like, Hey, maybe I get exposed and I get sick and my bubble happens to have people that leave my bubble and they get somebody else sick who then gets somebody else sick down the line. And it happens to affect a patient of mine somewhere down the line. I, I would, I would be mortified if that happened. Um, you know, as healthcare providers, it, it's our duty to be healthy. It's our duty to kind of, to be the beacon of this is how we protect our fragilist people around us, children, our fragile patients, everybody. So um, it felt good to get the vaccine. I felt, you know, I, I was waiting to get my superpowers, but nothing happened out of that, <laughs> you know. Um, but it, it, it was it was a, a weight off my shoulders, most definitely. So I mean, leading up to vaccination the past year say march through december what what was it like working in the hospital working with the other healthcare providers the doctors the nurses the personnel was there just a vibe of we just got to get through it was there palpable terror concern paranoia stress it would or were all those things there in, in fits and starts i mean it, in the beginning it was everybody was terrified right i mean we didn't know what to expect. We, we thought that we were going to get exposed and we had the risk of dying. That's what we figured that we're going to get it and we're going to, someone's going to get it and we're going to, one of us could die. I mean, that's what you, you have to think about, right? Um, and every day you went through your rituals of, you know, changing out of your clothes. You didn't bring anything home. You didn't do, you know, you, you, you basically almost like you had to do a silkwood scrub, like I talked about, you know, and, and that's what you did. Um, you know, I'm like, share, I'm scrubbing down, you know, <laughs> silkwood. Um, so um, that's a reference that many people won't get, but anyway, some people I'm, will. I'm here for it. <laughs> so um, the, the, in the beginning, since we, we had, you know, bits and pieces of information and we were just learning about it in real time, it was, it was pretty terrifying. I bet. Um, but, you know, but then you realize what you sign on to do in your profession puts you at risk for exposure to multitude of things. And so it's not like you, you didn't know what to do to protect yourself. We had protections in place. And if you, you know, follow the, the protocols to protect yourself, then there's no risk of you getting exposed or ill. If you go outside of that, then, of course, you take the risk. If you don't cross in a crosswalk, you're going to have a risk of getting hit by a car. That, that's what happens. You can still get hit by a car crossing the crosswalk, but it's less likely to occur if you cross with the light, right? So as long as you did the things that you knew would keep you in the crosswalk, you should be protected. So we did that and we, we didn't get sick. And as we then were, you know, taking care of patients over time, you know, we of course felt more, you know, comfortable dealing with it, but realizing that it's still a risk every time that you would go into this arena. Um, and the, those that were in the arena with you, you, you had a solidarity with them. You know, they yeah. were our, our, you know, we're the war bound. We were together. And um, it, it's, it's, you, you have to look at the people that are, are doing 
it's not just us as the physicians who are there. It's, it's respiratory therapy who is <laughs> so exposed. God bless everybody who's a respiratory therapist. God bless all the nurses, um, all the techs that are there, you know, the, the registrars that are there that are actually risk of exposure. Um, you know, the, the, you know, uh, radiology techs, um, you know, and, and the people who have to go in and sanitize the rooms. Right. I mean, that's, God bless them because it, it that's what has to be done too. Rooms have to turn over and, and that's, everybody's at risk because we're all in the same arena. Um, and so it, it was terrifying in the beginning, okay. but as we learn to, live in this situation, um, you become comfortable, right? I mean, if you, if you live around, um, you know, uh, the, the ocean, I mean, you learn how to respect the ocean, right? You, you don't just willy nilly go in at high tide and lay out there and just, you know, expect to not be drawn in by the undertow. You know how to respect the ocean. If you're a surfer, you expect the ocean, right? You know how to surf and respect where the currents go. So um, as we're surfing this wave of, of illness, you learn how to respect it and learn how to understand how to navigate in your day-to-day with this as well. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of modifications to things. I mean, I'll probably still do some of those modifications carrying on. Like, I mean, I, I didn't typically change out of my scrubs, you know, at, at work and come home in, in other clothes. I didn't do but I think that's why not do that. I mean, why, yeah. why change that pattern? Um, so definitely my behaviors have changed, <laughs> you know, um, and because my behaviors changed, it kept me from getting sick. And I, and that, that's the thing. Um, and, and I think a lot of us have, uh, uh, weathered this and, and we're glad that there's, you know, vaccinations and we feel that weight off our shoulders. You could see all the people posting their, you know, vaccination. I love it. You know, I got mine. I, I mean, we took our shot. Um, it, it's, it was liberating. It's liberating. Um, so we went from, you know, total terror, sheer terror to a feeling of empowerment and feeling that you are doing your best and, and you feel liberated in some sense. You, you can weather the storm and if we can go through this, we can go through anything is how you feel in the end. I like hearing that. Speaking of complacency and just how the days blur together, we're in this constant fire hose of information. The news cycles are never ending. I, I put the brakes on and paid attention to COVID numbers today. The Illinois cases to date are 1.09 million. Like I, I, I looked at that number. I thought, I know that's right, but I guess I, I've been so numb to the constant data that's been pouring across my, my multiple screens that I haven't really let that sink in. That's a stunning number. That's Illinois. But then, but then you look at mortality is not, this not, not a million people. 20,423. 20, so, 20, right. But so, so, but still the thing that we don't know, and this is the concerning thing in the end is we don't know the long-term sequelae from this. Um, you know, the, the, I, the idea that you get this, you know, vasculitic kind of response and that there can be long-term effects cardiovascular wise with you or pulmonary wise with you or neurovascular effects that, that we just don't know what the long-term you know, morbidity is associated with it. So even people with mild cases can have these kind of deleterious long COVID symptoms that occur. And we don't know how long that can go. We, we just don't know. And, and so that's why it's better to 
avoid the disease entirely. I mean, if, if we had locked down everybody for, you know, six weeks, like hard lockdown, we probably wouldn't be in this conundrum. We probably wouldn't be in this situation that we're in where there's still this, you know, uncontrolled fire. It's getting better controlled, but, but the fire keeps raging, you know? Um, so that's the fearful thing is that we, who knows what happens to that 25 year old who had a, you know, moderate case who didn't get hospitalized, but had, you know, some respiratory issues, but didn't get hospitalized. Who knows what's going to happen to their lungs, you know, in five years or 10 years. It's a scary thought. And that makes perfect sense to think like that. We, we just don't know. You know, what happens when, you know, hey, I'm a healthy 25 year old who could, you know, um, you know, run marathons. And then in five years, you can't walk two flights of stairs. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff that we just don't know that, that, that that's what caused me most of the fear. It wasn't that, you know, yeah, you could die. I mean, I, I wasn't at high risk of death, but if I got it, what, what complications might I develop that might be long-term for me? Um, I don't know. I don't want to open that mystery bag up. That's not where I want to sit there and say, oh, let's open Pandora's box. See, oh, there's hope at the bottom. And there's also, you know, death and fear and, you know, pestilence and all this other crap coming out of the box. Like, geez, Pandora, what the hell? Put open in that damn box. Well, I think I said it to you before. One of the things I find so confounding and, and scary about COVID is you'll get the reference. It's like the Terrigen Mists. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Back in the day, Stanley and Jack Kirby created a group of people who lived in a far secluded, secluded place. They're, They're called the, in, the Inhumans. Yep. And they were exposed to Terrigen Mists. And these mists would grant each Inhuman a totally different set of powers and abilities. You didn't know what they, one person could turn into a bird man. The other person could turn into a blob. The other person could have super speed. You just never knew. That's the way I feel about COVID. One person could be hospitalized. The other person could feel nothing. The other person could have a, you know, horrible right. respiratory problem for a week or two. It seems to be just a spin of the wheel with every case. But you don't become like Black Bolt where you can't speak, you know, or no. destroy planets with your voice. You know? one, of the, one, of the coolest, one of the coolest costumes in comics, period. Right. Black Bolt. Hand right. I mean, just, just whisper and destroy things. That's the thing. I mean, just, what the I, hell? I love the look. Neil Adams made him look even better than Kirby did. We digress. But it, it, it is, this is, this is bonkers, right? I mean, just, yes, it is, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's see, still seeing, you know, still see some young people that get sick. I mean, one of the risks that is, is so concerning is that, you know, body mass index greater than 35. If you're, if you're really got a big body mass index, I mean, your risks of developing severe disease are, are astronomical. And, and think about that. We have a population in the United States that are just, unhealthy and yep. and you know it's like so you, you wonder that oh my god this is these terrigen mists are just going to cause you know havoc we've had on people but then again you're right you find that there's people that you go hey somebody's 92 year old grandma does well and you get you know a 35 year old guy who comes in who's got diabetes and is got a high body mass index and hypertension who is ends up being in the ICU. It's like, that, that's the wild and crazy. Uh, so, I mean, you, you think so about this, the, the biggest thing about health in general is if you go into a situation and you're at the peak physical health that you can be in, peak mental health, you're probably gonna come out okay. But if you go into a situation and your health is already just you know teetering on the edge, 
that's just the tipping point where you get pushed over really easily. So, so trying to, you know, lead a healthy lifestyle as much as you can to, to kind of, you know, prevent severity of illness in the first place, but any illness is the way to go. I mean, that's just the way to go. And it's, it's not trying to disparage anybody. It's just trying to say, if you go into something healthy, you might come out with a better outcome and more likely you will. Bill Maher has been beating that drum all year long too. It's the, just the truth. It's just yeah. the truth. You know? I, it's it's so weird. I, I have relative. We all know people who've been affected by COVID at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. Um, I have a couple close relatives who both had COVID. Interestingly, one of the two people hospitalized for two weeks. It was horrible. It was really scary there for a while. The other one who had COVID, the spouse, long time, lifetime history, decades of respiratory problems, illness, got COVID totally yeah. asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking when that person got COVID, oh shit, this is the last thing that person. And then the exact opposite of what I would have expected happened. I'm like, I don't understand any of this. Right. I mean, that's the thing is it, <laughs> there's so many random things that occur and it, at points you just go like, it's COVID. <laughs> you just start saying that's COVID. You know, it's like, could, could, could I suddenly have the ability to see in the future? Could be COVID. I don't know. Could, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like that. That's the thing. It's like, yeah. Right. Pre- you're right. right. You know, we got call upon you to solve crimes before they happen. Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it is that whole thing of the, the weird and strange. And, and it's like living in this, these times that are just so weird and strange. And you're like, Ooh, that's, that can't happen. We're like, well, it could, you know, you think that, you know, that suddenly there'd be some kind of insurrection taking, no, it couldn't happen. Oh, it could, you know, you, you know, I think COVID will make that person sick. Well, I don't know. It could, I maybe. So it's, it's all kinds of things that are like, you just do this. You're like, it's like Michael Jordan shooting three pointers. You're just like walking back. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> so the, the, the symptoms, I mean, do you see similar to the, the types of effects you see with people? Do you see a variety of symptoms or are there some symptoms that kind of stand out more than others when people come in? Like, oh, are, I mean, you get people with, you know, these massive headaches that they are definitely coughing fever, you know, shorter breath, um, diarrhea, you know, lack of sense of smell and taste is the key, you know, one of those key kind of factors. People go, Hey, I'm missing this. And then something that's like, gotta be got so COVID. weird. That's got, you I, know? I, I've seen a lot of people talk about that. that that's got to feel and seem so strange. Right. And, and, and so you get presentations where people don't think COVID, but it's like, we've been seeing this for such a long time that we know eh, this probably could be COVID. And like, there's no way I'm like, yeah. And they're like, my bubble is tight. There's nobody in my bubble. I'm like, your bubble's probably a lot looser than you think, you know, when you really think about it, that people enter into your bubble and they've had people entering their bubble, which is where the exposures happen. So unless you have people that are locked in, you know, a basement and you put a saw next to them and say, here, try and get out of here. You got this little puppet. You've got to get out of here in this time. You know I mean? You're, you're definitely having some exposures at this point. You know, I mean, those people in saw would probably not get you know, COVID because they're all in one spot. Yeah. But I wouldn't I, actually COVID seems preferable to those, <laughs> right. those choices they have to make. Right. Gotta be honest. I'd rather throw the dice on COVID than jigsaw. <laughs> so it, it, it's, 
you're right. People's bubbles are not as airtight as they think. Right. I, and, and people come in, they go, you know, I got this headache and I think it's a migraine. I'm like, have you ever had migraines before? No, but this is probably I'm like, nah, it's this attractable headache. It, it could be, could be a bleed, but it could be COVID. Have you had any other symptoms? Yeah. I've been feeling more fatigued than usual. I've had some chills. I'm like, yeah, it's probably COVID. No, there's no way it's COVID doctor. Mm, it's <laughs> yeah. probably COVID. You have any diarrhea? Why? Yes, I've been having diarrhea too. I thought it was the food that I ate. Mm, it's probably a COVID burger that you had. It's it's probably COVID. <laughs> I, I've been stressed out. I do a lot of the grocery shopping for my house. And going to my local grocery store, I see ding-dongs there every week, <laughs> not understanding how respiration works, wearing the mask under the nose, not not adhering to social distancing. And it really stressed me out. It took me Dr. Daryl Wilson until this week to finally go all in on Instacart. What a revelation that was. There, there were just bags of groceries waiting for me on my doorstep this morning. How have I not done that until today or this? And week? I, and I seriously, I hadn't gone to the grocery store. I hardly go anyway. My wife would usually go. And I mean, I, what, a, what an asshole I am. I'd send her out and go, go into the COVID world, go out into the wasteland. Maybe the mutants won't eat you. I'll just sit here. I'll defend the house. <laughs> it's like, bring the food back though. Bring all the food back. Make sure you bring it up and get that food I asked for. I mean, it's like, I hadn't gone like to a store or anything like that forever. And, and it was, and it was weird because, um, yeah, I maybe mean, I got vaccinated and I'm still, of course, you're wearing a mask because I mean, I could, there's 5% chance I could still develop the disease yeah. or, you know, and I could still transmit it unwittingly to my kids, you know, I don't want to do that. So I, um, you know, went to the store and went shopping and it was like just a weird, I'm like, this is what a store is about. Aren't there supposed to be arrows that tell you where to go? They don't do that anymore. I'm like, really? Yeah. Oh, and, and but the thing is though, honestly, the, the amount of time you spend next to a person in the store is so minimal. I mean, and people are like totally skittish to not be near you when you walk into the place. Um, and, um, you know, it, it was strange. I mean, then I realized that all these new cereals that are out, I'm like, they, they have a cereal that, oh my God, there's a cereal that's made of like honey, honey bun cereal. Oh my God. I can't believe that they have a cereal like this. I, I was amazed at the things that have been invented and put into stores now because I haven't been there for all this time. But, but I, we, we went to, um, on our um, anniversary, we went to Oakbrook. I hadn't been there forever. That was back in November. And, um, and I, I was freaked out because I wasn't, you know, vaccinated yet. I didn't want to go any place. And yeah. there was nobody really there. But I felt like, why do I need to be in a mall? I, there, there's no reason to be here at all. And this, I, it was like, my wife's like, what do you want to get? I'm like, I don't want to get anything. I just want to get out of here. I don't want to be here. This is, this is, a, this is weird to me. And um, then I started to realize that I, I am not so anti-consumerism, but I thought that a mall is pretty, it's a pretty dumb place to be at. And, and there's nothing here that would, I couldn't get online and have it brought to my house and, and basically lock myself in. I could just look out my slats, make sure it drops off and then, grab it through the slat and pull it in to be done and not to leave my house. Um, I guess that it's working to the point where all of us are going to be in our houses. I'm going to have my 5G chip that was put into me since I already got my- Oh, right. Yeah, you know, you're tagged now. I'm tagged now. But they all you know, I'm in the house. They just go, where's he at? Sitting at his desk talking to James Van Ossel right now. And that's his story. He's like, he's like- James Van Ossel, we don't have him yet. I know, right? We got to get him, get him close, get him yeah. close. 
Wilson will God. pull him in. Oh, wait, he's in radio. He's not essential. He'll get the vaccine in 2025. <laughs> I did get a message that just said, you know, I must kill the queen is what it kept saying to me. <laughs> and so I just didn't know what that was all about. <laughs> uh, totally unrelated, but it, I just thought of it. The remake of Manchurian Candidate, I think it's great. <laughs> I, you know what? I That was brought up in a conversation after we were vaccinated. I, so somebody brought that up to the conversation. I just started laughing. I'm like, you know, and, and the new one was good. I agree. I agree. I it was quite it. good. I, it was good. It was I mean, good. <laughs> that was 2004. Uh, Leif Schreiber is great. Uh, Meryl Streep is just evil and fantastic in that one. Jeffrey Wright's in it. That's just it's good. It's good. That's a, that's a blast from the past. It's good. I kind of want to rewatch that because <laughs> I I'm out of stuff to watch. What? What do you mean you're out of stuff to watch? I I don't. I've run out of horror movies. I've got nothing. I, I did give WandaVision another try today. I I've been, like, I haven't watched. I haven't watched the third episode yet. So don't don't spoil okay. it. I, I did not like the first two. How? What are you talking about? God, come on, man. Are you kidding me? I just, it looked like the the writers, directors, and producers were just really impressed with themselves and they wanted you to know it. It was. Oh my God. It's so. I can't believe you didn't enjoy that. You didn't, you weren't watching it with a different eye because being a a comic book geek like we are, that you didn't watch and go, oh, this is pretty good. That you, you already know. I mean, there's there's so much that's so. There's a lot of obvious stuff they're throwing out there to geeks like us. That is like my wife and I watch yeah. it, and she, and she was like, "Oh, this is pretty good," but she didn't get the nuanced. There, it's not really nuanced. The stuff they're throwing out, I'm going. I think I already know what the plot line. I think I know what's happening here. I mean, it's got to be related to this. This. I'm not going to say spoilers or anything. I think it is, but um, I, I'm looking at it from all these different Scarlet Witch stories, yeah. and you know, Vision stories, and the way that it can go and throw all this you know, Kevin Feige stuff into the mix that, he, I mean, it, to me, it's, it's, I know it's a launching point for stuff. So I'm anticipating how it goes. I mean, come on with sword thrown in there. Come on, man. I, I, it, I think, I think they're taking too long to get to where they need to go. That said, I thought episode three was much better. Okay. I'm going to watch it tonight. I, I was, I was full on board with this episode. So, well, it's like anything you got, give it a chance. Me, see, once again, you're like I every other person in society. No, you didn't. It's like everybody in society. You're already, uh, it's, this isn't hitting me already at the first five minutes. I'm not going to watch this. Come on. The man. first hour. I gave it an hour. <laughs> that's just the, I can't, I can't argue with you. Okay. Fine. That's your choice. It's your choice. We can agree to disagree. If I can't connect with the story in the first 60 minutes, I, I feel like something's missing. You're, you, you didn't. T- you weren't trying to look in and say, let me look for the Easter eggs. Let me start looking into this and see what the, the symbolism is of everything. Let me, of course. Okay. We're, we had this conversation, I think, before. And this, I know I'm going to go off and do another thing. We talked about Joker, right? Mm-hmm. And how I, I watched it and I told you how I felt about it. That it was like, well, I watched it and... I had to keep putting things into the story to remind me that it was supposedly involving Gotham and all these other things. Because if you take Gotham out of it, you don't even think about the Waynes or anything about that. It's just uh, a falling down taxi driver. um, Taxi driver, um, king of comedy. Yes, that's all it is. And those movies were great, but to have this kind of movie 
do you, it, 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 what it wasn't it wasn't as grandiose and great without adding in the extra things that a geek like me or you would add Agreed. to it. So maybe WandaVision's that way too, that maybe I'm adding in too many things because I'm I'm adding in, you know, oh, I'm thinking of all these other stories that involve Scarlet Witch. All these I think I don't think it stands up on its own. I, I really don't. The, the the cuteness of these sitcoms, they just they've driven it driven it home for the past 90 minutes it's time to get on for with the the bigger picture so may, so maybe i'm adding in i'm doing that right now okay so i'm going to look at it with a different eye that's I fair still, i still i still think you're wrong i'm super that to you <laughs> uh, that, our, our mutual friend dennis buckley is on team dr daryl wilson he just wrote instant greta van Osdell. right <laughs> thank you dennis <laughs> and by the way dennis van Osdell's one word dick dick <laughs> A dick dick is an animal that is, you know, one. There you go. Uh, also on the Facebook Live, a couple of more positive, wholesome things. Uh, Dan says, Thank you for your service, doctor. Thank you. Uh, Christopher says, Looking good, brother. Keep up all the great work. Thanks, um, man, Chris. Terry says, Thank you for everything you do for our community. Alejandro, uh, just reinforcing who you are, what you do. Punk rock doc, that is you. <laughs> um, and Maddie says, Goons! Goons. <laughs> Maddie says it's deeper under the surface. It is deeper. Under well, the of surface. course, that's, that's the whole idea. Yeah. And we, we see you get to see some darkness in the new WandaVision, which gave me hope. Yes. Things I'm, are I'm, starting to crack. I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm watching episode three tonight and I'm going to be like, I'm going to text you immediately and go, you don't know anything. about this. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I'm on board as of this episode. We should have been on board for the first time. I mean, I'm on board. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm driving the ship. I'm, I'm like piloting the ship. Come on, man. No, I'm, I'm super excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm, super I'm excited, excited for, for this. You know, I'm excited for Moon Knight when that comes. I'm excited. Absolutely. For Moon you know what I'm not excited for? She-Hulk. Why not? Because they're going to make it a comedy. But, but She-Hulk kind of is kind of comical in some senses. Don't it, come on. In, in some okay. Yes, there are some runs that were not comical at all, but think about She-Hulk in some sense. A lot of that with, you know, the awesome android and, you know, every it's it's funny. Everything about it was kind of sitcom-y funny. I agree. The, the most recent runs, very funny, very entertaining, definitely lighthearted. The idea of Disney doing a She-Hulk 30-minute legal comedy scares me. But there's a chance that maybe Matt Murdock could show up. That is true. That is the rumor. Charlie Cox is uh, said to have signed on for a bunch of stuff. I mean, that to me is, listen, think about this. Think about when we were kids and the opportunity, we've talked about this before, the opportunity for to have even any of these things, a live action. Right. Right. Who, who, really, who would have thought they're going to put Moon Knight on? That to me is like (laughs) going like way deep and they're going to make Moon Knight more, Rel- I mean, we like Moon Knight, but everyone's like, Moon Knight? Who's Moon Knight? Is he, is he a broke-ass Batman? Like, no, he's kind of a insane dude who's... Dude, we're, we're getting a Shang-Chi movie. I know, I know. It's like, really, who thinks about that? Now, the, granted, there's going to be some some bones in there that are not going to, probably not going to make it right. They're, they're going to be a little, you know, uh, on on the fringe of being acceptable i mean that that whole inhumans series oh god yes see 
See, uh, since we're on the topic of comics, uh, I want to bring this back into present headline news stuff. The Bernie Sanders memes have been fantastic <laughs> across the board. That, that really was it brought everybody back together after it, 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 we are a nation that needs healing. And this brought us all together. I think my favorite one hands down is one I'm going to share. If you're listening, I apologize. You can't see it, but we'll, we'll talk about this. Uh, Salah Benanti is a longtime comics artist, friend of the comics community. Uh, he is the agent to superstar comic creator, Alex Ross. He posted this yesterday. I think this is, <laughs> this is the greatest <laughs> Bernie Sanders meme to date. It is the cover of All-Star Just- Comics number three in the 1940s, the first appearance of the Justice Society of America. That's in this picture, uh, seated around the table are the Atom, uh, Sandman, the Spectre, the Flash, Dr. Fate, Green Lantern, Our Man, and replacing Hawkman at the table is an illustrated version of the Bernie Sanders meme in the jacket with the mask on and the mittens. This, this is the best, isn't it? This, this wins is, it all. That is good. I That wins. I mean, it's it's getting a little overplayed, but you know what? I I I will I vote for that. I I I accept that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I like the it. illustration. That that's it. <laughs> oh my god, that's perfect. And that's perfect. I mean, if you really want to analyze it further, in the original All Star Comics cover, Hawkman has his arms folded. Yes, so he does. You're right. Sanders with his arms folded is a perfect, like this is so well done and so well thought out. And the chair is made of nth metal as well. That's what I'm saying. All right. So Rand Fandagar war should have never happened in the first place. That is Dr. Daryl Wilson. Oh man. Uh All right. So I, I really, I just wanted to catch up with you. We haven't, we always talk about punk rock and comic books and stuff like that, but yeah, I, you are in it. You are living this this life that we all are kind of watching from afar, and we're rooting for you, and we're we're appreciative of what you've been doing. And I, I appreciate everybody's support, though. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it, it's we're. I mean, everybody who's doing this, like I said, um, you know, don't think of just us as physicians. Think of all the people that are working in the hospital setting, from you know respiratory therapy specifically to the people that are cleaning rooms. Um, to any of the volunteers that are there, um, you know, think of our paramedics that are out there on the front lines, our you know police officers who are still out there. I mean, everybody who's out there, you know, think about the people that are our frontline workers um, working in meatpacking facilities and and who supply us with food. I mean, all those people out there that are are risking exposure to this disease. Um, you know, we have a, a brighter day is ahead of us, and that's a good thing. We're just not there yet. There's still a lot of clouds that are in the way, um, but you know, we're going to reach the surface. We're going to get out of this, um, and it just takes us all working together because we can do it. We know we can. Mm-hmm. Um, it just takes all of us making the effort to to move in a forward direction. All right. Before I let you go, uh, talk to me about bull weevils. What's going on? Oh, we got. Uh, well, we've uh, recorded. We have. Uh, new music that's um it's been mastered um we're just now looking at um options of how we get it to get out to everybody um i'm i have to say and i'm not usually one to boast about it but i i'm really 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 proud of what we we recorded and what it sounds like um the songs um i'm really proud of it and i'm excited for people to hear it. it it's it's been a long time coming um and I think people are going to be really uh, 
happy about it. I mean, I, I did share it with you. I will admit that I shared it with you. I, I didn't know if I could say anything. Yes, yeah. I did share it with you. Um, you can say anything you want. You just, you know, you, you, and, and your face says it all. You, it's, 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 you, you can, you can say it, James, you can say, you know, it's, it's, it's really good. I love it. <laughs> it, it, it. We'll talk about it when the music's out there. I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, there, there's a direction churn and one of the songs that I wasn't expecting, just sonically something really different, uh, some familiar favorites reimagined or mm-hmm. done for the first time in, in some cases. Um, some lyrically heavy stuff going on. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for people to hear it too. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I'm thrilled I got to hear it uh, when I did. And I, I look forward to being able to you know, talk about this with you and other people. Oh yeah, it, it's, it's, I'm so excited for this. I mean, I, I haven't been really, saying a lot about it, but I, you know, um, I know that the other guys have been talking about it and I, I concur. It, it is some of the best stuff I think that we've recorded. Um, and I, I'm so excited for people to hear it. it it's going to be, it's, it's really good. It's really good stuff. All right. So we're going to wrap up the interview. Thank you everybody for listening and or thanks watching. everybody. Yep. Much thanks appreciated. everybody. For, really appreciate it guys. Seriously. Thank you guys.